so glad to see you guys tonight, and I'm going to go ahead and just jump right in it. You know, I'm excited. Are you guys excited to hear what God has to say tonight? Well, if you are, grab hands with the person next to you all across the aisles, and I'll pray. And prayerfully, my uh, laptop will, will turn on in the midst of that. Well, Father God, I just thank you for this time, and I just thank you for this opportunity to come and to minister to your people. Lord God, I thank you that this is an incredible time that you have designed for us to hear from you. And I just thank you that everything you have purpose for your people to hear, I pray that, oh man, it ministers straight to their hearts. And I just thank you, Lord God, that they are changed and transformed as a result of hearing your word. And I just thank you that the love and the peace and the joy that you have placed within us. We just have an encounter with it tonight as we hear from you. I pray no one leaves here with any burdens. I pray that no one leaves here with any weights, but they all leave here free because they have heard from you. And I just thank you, Lord God, for this opportunity. None of me and all of you speak through me what you have for your people. In Jesus' name, I pray, amen. Well, hug the person next to you. Tell them they're looking good. Tell them, tell them, say, expect greater. I don't know if y'all was expecting me to say anything different, but I, but I told you all year, you know, we're going to be on, we're going to be on that same wavelength. Say, expect greater. Man, that's amazing. It's just not turning on. Where's my cell phone at? Who took my cell phone? Someone took my cell phone. Where, where's, where's Walker with my cell phone? He ran off like he ain't got no minutes on his. <laughs> like, man, Pastor just got there. Let me go out here and make some phone calls. I'm pretty sure he got plenty of minutes on his device. But man, I'm telling you, God said something to me um, the other day and you know, I, I feel a lot like, um, you know, last time I spoke to you guys and I told you, you know, God spoke a word to me and he told me that he's about to send a new audience. And, you know, I, I didn't feel in the moment like that was an everybody kind of word. I just felt like it was for some specific people. But as it turns out, it was for everybody. And so a lot of people we're prepared for God to send a new audience they way. And so tonight, I feel, I feel a lot like the same way. You know, it's like God shared this word with me, and I don't know how many people, you know, this is going to connect with, but it's so important for somebody that God wants to use this opportunity to say it. But what I can promise you is if you're not even facing something like this now, you know, it's a good message to put in your pocket for an opportunity because I can promise you, as you follow God, you will have an opportunity to use this message and just revert back to this moment and say, I need that one right there. <laughs> Amen. And, uh, you know, look at your neighbor. This is what God told me, right? Just look at him. Look him straight in the eye. Look him straight in the eye. Y'all looking him straight in the eye? Tell him, tell him the battle is still on. Look at, look at, look at, look at another neighbor. Tell them the battle is still on. You know, it, it reminded me, you know, I consider myself a, a top tier athlete when I was in uh, middle school and high school and a little bit of right, me right now feels like a top tier athlete at certain things. And so, but when I was in middle school and high school or whatnot, you know, um, I always was considered one of the better athletes, depending on the sport we were playing. You know, this is all truth. This is, this is not, this is not <laughs> Pastor Brian, you know, just making stuff up. One day I'll bring all my trophies in here just to show y'all, you know, um, that, I'm, that I'm telling the truth. Um, my mom knows that you didn't throw away my trophies, did you? I was, I'm saving those things for Amber so I can tell her daddy used to be fast, you know? But the thing about it was, is, is, and me and a couple of friends, it, it just came times and opportunities where no matter, like, who was on the other side, we felt like we could win the game, you know? It, it's normally when you play a game, let's say we're playing football, and it's supposed to be 11 on 11, right? 
But let's say that day we, they had 11, we had nine. We would be like, yo, let's still play. Not because we felt as though, you know, we had a disadvantage. We just felt like we were so overskilled than the opponent that it didn't matter that we had less players. Matter of fact, at some points, we would get so arrogant and cocky, you know, to be like, yo, it's 11 on 9. And matter of fact, we'll still spot y'all some points because we feel as though we're so good that it doesn't matter what the numbers add up to. We got what it takes to be victorious in this situation. Like it didn't matter that it wasn't fair by the numbers. It didn't matter. I oh, thank God because I was not trying to read this small print. Y'all would have been like, Pastor Brian, we need to, we need to go ahead and make sure you go to an eye doctor. Let's see, we're we gonna log in. And so no matter. Who was on the other side, you know, um, we didn't really care because we felt like, you know, we had what it took. And sometimes we would even make sure that there was a known disadvantage so that it would clearly be seen that we were better than the opponent. And y'all ever did some stuff like that? I know I'm not the only one. Raise your hand if you ever did some stuff like that. Just when you knew you had the advantage, you just start doing Silly stuff just to show clearly that you had the advantage. You wanted victory to be so overwhelmingly clear that you are the better one. So you just made sure the odds were so completely in your favor so that when victory showed up, it would be undisputable that you were the champion. Some of y'all are like, Pastor Brian, is this the message? It's the lead into it. It's the lead in. And it's giving me time to be able to load all this stuff up too. But that absolutely is something that God often does. And it's important that we understand when God's doing that. See, the thing about God and whether you're in this situation now or some point during your walk with God, you will experience this situation God always makes sure, no matter what's going on, that it's clear that it was him that won the victory and not you. And sometimes some of the things he does to make sure it's clear that he's the one who won the battle doesn't always seem like the things that should take place. It's like God will make the situation look so unfavorable for you before the battle starts so that when the battle ends, it's clear it was him in you that made sure that what happened was all for his glory. And so sometimes God will break you down before he builds you up because he wants to make sure that what gets built is all for him. And so you got to know this because sometimes as a believer, we'll see ourselves clearly disadvantaged in a moment, but we're never disadvantaged. God's just making sure that the setup is clear and the fact that you are his will be clearly seen through what takes place. It's like God will sign you up for a race. You already knew you were too slow to win. God will sign you up for a fight that you knew you didn't have the endurance to actually like go through. God will put a test in front of you. You didn't have the opportunity to review what you needed to know before you took it. And he'll be like, take it, baby. But I came here to speak about something very specific in a specific area that. Oh, let me tell you something. As you start to embrace what God has put inside of you, there's certain things that start to happen. One thing in particular, people that were with you start to get a little sketchy. When you fully embrace and start speaking things as God is showing you what he is saying, people get real sketchy. And at the beginning of this year, we said, you know what? We're not only going to believe God for a greater, but we're going to say what this greater is. We're going to be specific about the greater we're expecting. 
And I know some of y'all might be just like me, and I'm talking to y'all tonight. As soon as you start to get specific about the things that you believe God told you to do, the people that was cool with you before started to look real sketchy in that moment. Like, are you telling me that's what God put in you? And you like, he showed dead, and he told me in 2020 to expect something great with this. And then they looking at you like, well, I don't know if I'm ready to rock with that. Let me tell you something. I'm just going to jump right into it. In 2020, don't spend any time convincing people about what God has told you to do. Because I'm going to say this, and I'm going to say this several times through this message, and this is what this whole message is about. The truth is, just because someone leaves your life, that doesn't mean what they brought to your life leaves with them. I'm going to say it again. Simply because someone decides to leave your life, that doesn't automatically mean that what they brought to your life leaves with them. Ooh, right there. Because the thing is, God is about to strategically move some people out of your life. There are some people in your life that I label pace breakers. Like they, bait, they break the pace of progress. There are people that have more questions than answers. There are people that have more problems than solutions. And they break the pace of your progress. So as you start to speak what God has put inside of you, God will start to have some people that are pace breakers start to get loud. But what you need to realize, just because they are making a decision to leave your life, that doesn't automatically mean that what they brought to your life leaves with them. Oh, amen. Mm-hmm. Mm, how many of y'all saw the Super Bowl, right? Yes. You know what the most amazing thing about the Super Bowl is? No matter what city is played in, no matter what team that's playing, no matter we like the team, don't like the team, good team, bad team, there will always be more people in the audience than there are participants on the field. There will always be more people in the audience than participants in the field. And some people are about to remove, be moved from participants in your life to the audience of your life. You don't need many participants to do the things that God is asking and speaking for you to do. Some people need to be the audience. They were once participants, but it's okay. They just want to be the audience now. You can be the audience. Someone needs to applaud when something good happens. Someone needs to take the photos. Someone has to take good notes. Someone has to keep the records. But baby, some people like to play the game. And when you decided to allow God to use you, when you decided to get into the game, people that just like to participate and just like to be the audience, they get loud. They get real loud. The audience loves to yell. Look at your neighbor and say, expect greater. Expect greater people being participants in your life. Expect God to bring greater relationships to your life. Expect God to bring people into your life that aren't going to work against you, but work with you. Some of us gotten so accustomed to working with people that aren't 100% for us that we think that that's normal. There should be a little people who question what I'm doing. No, baby, nobody should be questioning what God is asking for me to do. That's not normal. That's not unity. That's definitely not how God describes love and unity. He says love and unity is when you put down your cause to pick up our cause and don't even have a preference. Amen. Amen. Because truth is, you should never spend more time convincing people to value what you're expressing then you do just expressing what you value. Never, never. Anytime you feel like you're spending more time with the people around you, convincing you, convincing them about what you value, then you have opportunity to just live what you value. There is something wrong with them folks. 
Oh, Pastor Brian. I know. I know. That's a little too straightforward, right? Because you would be amazed how many times we allow pace breakers in our atmosphere. And where God has designed for us to move to a different place, to progress faster, it's our entertainment of those who we think are for us but really aren't in their core that starts to create opposition in the midst of times he wants to progress us. Turn me to Judges 7 and 1, and I'm going to read this in the New Living Translation. I'm going to say this a bunch of times. Because truth is, simply because someone decides to leave your life, that doesn't automatically mean that what they brought to your life leaves with them. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. My God's too good to leave me empty because you decided to make a decision to do something you wanted to do. God's not going to leave me void because you decided to go do something that you wanted to do. I tell people nowadays, if you're planning to leave, now's a good time. Why wait? It's okay. Just because you are leaving doesn't mean that what you brought to this is leaving with you. Okay, you thought it was you, not God through you, that was actually doing what you were doing. See, you can leave, but the power and the anointing that produces it stays. And what you have to realize, when people have been brought into your life, God brought them there and God's empowering them to stay there. And so the moment they decide to leave, the power still stays. The purpose still stays. It may find a new vessel to now operate in, but the cause don't change. Y'all about to get me super hype on a Wednesday night. But we got to realize something. If he won't love you, somebody else will. God will anoint another person to love you the way God designed for you to be loved. Just because they leave, it doesn't mean what they brought with, don't go back. God knows what I need. God knows who and how I need to be taken care of. And he'll send the people, the folks to the place with a new and a fresh opinion. Look, let me tell you something. I'm tired of starting conversations with what do we have to do to fix what was wrong. I'm going to tell you something. You wasting my time. I'm not trying to live my life fixing problems. You will become a fixer of problems and it will take up more of your time. You will not have progressed. You will just would have maintained what was. When you fix a problem, you maintain the status that was broke that needs to stay. It just, it just stays the same. And some stuff is broke on purpose. Oh, some stuff is broke on purpose. Ooh, step on it. I'm stepping on it. I heard him singing early. I am stepping out. Jason, guys, Brian gonna step out that night. Callahan, man, go go let him know, bruh. Let him know the battle's still on. Let him know it's still on. Jude 7, the one I'm reading in the New Living Translation, says, So Jerubbabel, that is Gideon, and his army got up early and went as far as the spring of Herod. The armies of Midian were camped north of them in the valley near the hill of Morah. The Lord said to Gideon, look at this. You have too many warriors with you. Brother, you rolling too deep. If I let all of you fight the Midianites, the Israelites will boast to me that they saved themselves by their own strength. God's like, brother, you got too many people. You have too much of a seen advantage. Right now, you look like you could beat people without me. And that's a problem. 
because I need them to know that it wasn't them that won the battle. It was me that won the battle. So, brother, we about to have to break some stuff down. What he's saying, I said, God will often break you down to build him up. Because what God has promised you won't be attained because you're stronger, but because he's stronger. Mm-hmm. Paul talks about this. He says, I glory in my weaknesses because it's in my weaknesses that I experience his strength. Let's flip over there real quick. This is in 2 Corinthians 12 and verse 8. Because right here is revealed one of the major keys to being a successful Christian. Y'all ready for this? I'm going to go ahead and read it before y'all get there. We ain't got all night. We got a battle to get to. There are different times I beg the Lord to take it away. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults, the hardships, the persecutions, and the troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. What are you saying, Pastor Brian? What is he, Paul telling us? One of the major keys to understanding and living a successful Christian life is realizing that there's a part of you that will always be weak. There's a part of you that will always leave space for what I call the gap filler. There's a part of you that Jesus will always fulfill as a part of your life. There's a part of you that will always be weak. Why? Because where we are weak, that's where we see his strength. And simply because there is a weakness to me doesn't mean that I am weak. His weakness shows, my weakness shows the position of his glory in my life. Baby, there is always going to be a weakness because that's where he gets the glory. Because although I am weak because he's in me, I stay strong. Why are you saying this, Pastor Brian? Because some people will leave your life because they discovered your weakness. Some people will leave your life because they've discovered your weakness. I thought they had it together, but I see they, they got some stuff they still working on. I thought that they had it all tight and everything was perfect, but I see they still got some stuff they dealing with. Let me tell you something. There will always be a weakness. Just because you discovered it, it isn't a surprise to me. There will always be a weakness because in that place is where his strength flows through. Look at your neighbor and say, thank you for finding my glory spot. That's my glory spot right there. Right there where you found that weakness is my glory spot. That's my glory spot you're looking at. I'm glad you found the place in which Christ gives me strength. I'm glad you found the place in which Christ empowers me beyond the things that I am trying to get right. I'm glad you found the place in which Christ comes in, wraps me up, lifts me up, empowers me, and gives me strength to move on. So if you want to move on because I have a little weakness, keep going because the gap filler stays. Christ ain't going nowhere. Just because you leave because of my weakness doesn't mean he leaves because I have a weakness. Matter of fact, he came because I have weaknesses. Oh, battle still on. Yeah, I got a weakness, but the battle still on. That's just my glory spot. Glad you found it. Give him glory because he keeps filling it. Whew. 
I'm going to go back into the story here. Judges 7, verse 3. It says, therefore, tell the people. And this is God starting to talk to Gideon about how to get rid of some folks. Sometimes you got to have a strategy to get rid of some folks. Mm-hmm. Raise the standard. Watch them run. Decide not to sway about the integrity that God's called you to. Watch them run. Many of y'all have lost some good relationships simply because you weren't willing to change the facts about how you believe who God is. Guess what? Let them go. Expect greater. Some people need to go. Some people need to transition from participants to the audience. Ooh. Whoever is timid or afraid. This is, this is God speaking to Gideon, right? He's telling him, whoever is timid or afraid may leave this mountain and go home. So 22,000 of them went home, leaving only 10,000 who were willing to fight. But y'all know what the problem is? There was still 9,700 more to go. 22,000 left, but God's number was 300. He made an announcement to say all of y'all who are afraid and timid can go. I don't know if God was expecting only 22,000 to leave. I think God was thinking when the announcement was made, they would be down to 300 right there. But guess what? 9,700 people were still willing to fight scared. He said, if you are timid and afraid, you can go. 22,000 left, but that wasn't enough. More needed to go. Made me wonder how many people are fighting scared with you right now? Don't nobody like a scared fighter. And some people are fighting scared with you right now. Saying all types of stuff, bringing fear into your situation. They didn't get the first announcement quite clearly. I said if you were scared and afraid, you could leave. I told God this morning, I said, God, move all the scary fighters out of my life. The people that's just scared to fight. There's some people that's scared to fight. They'll fight, but they fight scared. And a scary fighter, y'all ever seen a scary fighter? They fight like this. You know what I'm saying? Like, what is you doing, bro? You got to use both. You know what I'm saying? You over here trying to protect and fight. You can't protect and fight. You got to, what you doing? You scared fighting. We don't need no scared fighters. I need my boys with me. I need my homies. I need the folks that aren't afraid to get knocked out and get back up. But they will never fight scared. We got a problem. We got a problem over here. You coming down here. You know the word says if you send the word. If you send the word, I know you can send the word. I think this is a send the word situation. You know what? You fighting scared. I need some folks that's going to show up to the hospital with me. Mm. I told y'all, this ain't for everybody, but this is for somebody. Verse 4, but the Lord told Gideon, there are still too many. Bring them down to the spring 
and I will test them. So first, he gave the word, and they ain't listen. So next, he's about to position a test to eliminate some more. I will test them to determine who will go with you and who will not. Because there are some people that they weren't afraid of the challenge, but they wasn't ready for the real work. And there's some people that love the sound of victory, but not necessarily the work that goes with it. And you got to give an opportunity for some people who just like the thought of victory, but not really the work that comes with it, a chance to go to. Because, see, not everybody who's excited about winning likes to work for the win. You can be in the audience. There's a lot of Happy Chiefs fans. They wear the hats. They call them fanatics. You know what I'm saying? And they celebrate just like they won. But they don't get no ring. (laughs) What are you saying, Pastor Brian? God will sometimes allow certain things to enter into your life in a season that may be challenging, not because it's going to break you, but because it's going to break them off of you. See, there are certain things and seasons and times that we go through stuff that we know can't break us, but what we should pay attention to is the people it breaks off of us while we're going through. Let them break off. You telling me it's going to take that much effort to get this done? Use a breakaway. You telling me it's going to take this much work to get this done? Use a breakaway. You telling me it's going to take this much time? We're going to be this patient. We're going to have to be this locked in. We're going to have to do this and we're going to have to do that. Use a breakaway. It's okay. It's time for you to transition from a participant to the audience. Just because you leave, it doesn't mean that what you brought leaves with you. Okay. Because truth is, many people will walk away when what you say doesn't match the effort they're willing to give. What are you saying, Pastor? Your new expectation addresses the level of their dedication. That's what happened. You set an expectation, and it hit the right where they're willing to be dedicated. Your expectation exceeds the amount of dedication I'm willing to give towards what it is that you're trying to do. What we don't need to do is reformat the plan to fit the level of their dedication. Ooh, go to John 6 and 60. I think y'all need to see this. I'm reading this in the New Living Translation. But Jesus had this same situation. He had the same situation. Y'all there? It says, many of his disciples says, this is a very hard to understand How how can anyone accept it? Jesus was aware that his disciples were complaining. Y'all know how y'all be hearing how people be complaining about that new, like, level that just came out, that new expectation rolled out, and someone just started complaining. Some of y'all are fearful of even giving a clear expectation because you were so accustomed to dealing with people that complain. Look what Jesus did. He said, Jesus was aware that his disciples were complaining. So he said to them, does this offend you? I love how Jesus connected complaint to offense. We'll talk about that a little more later. I'll repeat it one more time. Notice how Jesus connected complaint to offense. 
Jesus connected their complaining to offense. Jesus connected their uh, complaining to offense. You keep trying to fix what they're complaining about. They are offended at something you're wanting to do. Say it on this side. Jesus addressed their complaining to offense. You keep trying to address the complaints, but not dealing with the fact that they're offended. Offended people complain. There is something about this that you don't like that you're complaining about. You're not really wanting to fix your complaint. You're offended about this whole situation. And Jesus said, I ain't got the time for that. Because you can leave, but what you brought don't always go with you. Then what will you think if you see the, look at this, look at this. Does this offend you? Then what will you think if you see the son of man ascend to heaven again? Look at him. He started talking about the purpose of his existence. You don't think I'm the man, do you? Because if you thought I was the man, what I asked you for wouldn't have bothered you. If you truly believe that I was the son of God before this, what Jesus had told them is, I want you to eat of my flesh and drink of my blood. And they were offended because it sounded hard. But Jesus was like, what's so hard? Uh, what can be too hard for you to do when you think about the glory that comes with what happens? You don't believe I'm the man. Some people don't think you got the juice. Oh, leave it alone. You ain't mad at me. You just don't think I got what it takes to get it done. Okay. Then what will you think if you see the Son of Man ascend to heaven? The Spirit alone gives eternal life. Human effort accomplishes nothing. And the very words I've spoken to you are spirit and life. But some of you don't believe me, for Jesus knew from the beginning which ones didn't believe, and he knew who would betray him. Then he said, that is why I said to the people, can't come to me unless the Father gives them to me. He's saying, some of y'all just been watching, but the moment of action has arrived. And there's about to be a separation in between those who just want to be the audience and those who are really wanting to participate in this next level. 2020 term, Jesus said it's time to level up. <laughs> it's level up time. It's been a great journey, y'all. Y'all been walking. Y'all been walking with me. We've been collecting people from town to town. There's a lot of people that are a part of my journey now, but we've gotten to the point to where there's no longer need for an audience. There's only need for participants. So if you're not willing to take this cup and drink of this blood, the, it stops here. You will get to a place in your life where people who are just there to applaud but not actually work with you will come. God will say it's time to activate what's inside of you. You will say, well, I've had 20 people with me my whole prayer life. Then you'll be like, well, look, y'all, God has told me that, you know, he told me to go start this business. And I just believe that if we come together, they'll start moving immediately. Like, whoa, if we come together, you've been serving with them, praying with them all for the last 20 years. But as soon as you put an action to your belief, they start looking at you like you said a strange thing. We've been prayer partners for the last 20 years. You can't show up to my grand opening? What's wrong? Mm. Mm -hmm. Then he said, that's why I said to the people that they can't come unless the Father gives them to me. At this point, many of his disciples turned away and deserted him. Then Jesus turned to the 12 he picked. <laughs> Are y'all going to leave too?
Because truth is, the right people don't need to know how as much as they need to know why. And some people will leave your life because you can't explain the how. Well, how are we going to get it done? How are you going to get it done? How you, I'm going to believe. Ain't that what we've been saying this whole time? If you believe. <laughs> okay. It's getting late. It's 8-12 on a Wednesday night. We'll come back on a Sunday when y'all all bright and cheery. <laughs> I get it. Pastor Brian is hype. So I'll jump back in. He says, Judges 7, verse 5. He says, when Gideon took his warriors down to the water, the Lord told him, divide the men into two groups. And one group put all of the men who cup water in their hands and lap it with their tongues like dogs. And the other group put all those who kneel down and drink with their mouths in the stream. Only 300 of the men drank from their hands. All the others got down on their knees and drank with their mouths in the stream. The Lord told Gideon, with these 300 men, I will rescue you and give you victory over the Midianites. Send all the others home. Y'all need to send some folks home. So Gideon collected the provisions in the ram's horns of the other warriors and sent them home. But he kept the 300 men with them. And I'll stop right here. Why are you telling us all this, Pastor Brian? Because we have to start to understand that as we embrace and start speaking about the things we're expecting God to do. He will start to form the team and the people necessary for what you need around you. And a lot of times, the people that's around you ain't the ones that's going to be with you. But just because they leave, it doesn't mean that what they brought leaves with them. Because it did not matter that he was down to 300. Because the fact of the matter is, Gideon wasn't going to win the battle based on the amount of people. The people weren't determining his victory. It was God for him that determined the victory. It was always about God being for him, not the people that was with him. It was never about the amount of resources. It was never about the amount of people. Matter of fact, God took glory in the fact that some of them dropped off. He wanted some of them to drop off. He wanted some of the resources to dwindle. Why? Because he wanted it to be clear that it was him. And as you transition and start to own what God's placed inside of you, some of the people you know best will look at you like you strange. But don't ever think that because they may be making a decision to no longer participate, that you are now at a disadvantage for the victory that's only coming because he's for you. 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 He don't care about the weaknesses they keep talking about. He don't care about that losing record you got. He don't care about how many things you messed up. He's for you. He's not going to hold any of those things against you. He's not keeping the victory from you because they think you can't have it because of your past mistakes. He is for you. The most amazing thing about this story is, is God then told Gideon, he said, hey Gideon, if you still don't believe you could win, I want you to go down in the morning and just hear what they're saying. Because you would think that Gideon was confident at this point. But he wasn't confident. He just saw 30,000 people leave. How can you be confident watching all that go out the door? I thought they were your strength. I thought that was my strength. I thought that was my ability. God was like... No, Gideon, I've always been your strength. 
I've always been your ability. I've always been the primary resource, the greatest resource, the only resource that you need. Matter of fact, every single one of them could have left and you would have still won the victory. Because guess what? Gideon went down to the camp and he overheard them talking. And they had interpreted a dream. And when they interpreted the dream, he says, I got bad news, king. This dream means that Gideon is going to win. They had already had defeat in their hearts. The victory is already yours. Not because of who's with you, but because of who's for you. Send them jokers home. Get your peace and your victory at the same time. Don't spend another day stressing about who doesn't want to participate in your victory. Some people need to transition to your audience. And it's okay. Because it's God who's for me that has determined this victory is a done deal. The resources can drop. The people can drop. The good notes can drop. The good reviews can drop. All it does is show my glory spot right there. Oh, it's right there. Right there. Oh, right there. Oh, that's a good one. Right there. Y'all can stand to y'all feet. What he's saying, Pastor Brian, people don't set the pace of God's progress in your life. His love, grace, mercy, and power does. And no matter how many people leave your life, they can't take the victory that's in you. Lord God, we just thank you for this time. I just thank you for this opportunity to come share your word with your people. Lord God, I pray that as we stand here tonight, we make a bold declaration. No matter where we are, no matter what looks like we've lost, no matter how many people look like they've left, we stand here today and make a declaration that the battle is still on. The battle is still on. We will not quit. Therefore, we cannot be defeated. The power is not in the people or the resources. The power is in your presence. The power is in your promise. And no matter how weak we may seem, It's through those weaknesses you show your strength. You called us out. You certified us. You approved us. And you gave us your word as the title deed for us to hope for greater, for us to expect greater, regardless of what may happen, regardless of the people that may leave because we've made a declaration of who you are in our lives. We will not be quiet. We will not cave in. The battle is still on. The battle is still on. We love you. And we thank you because your love never fails. Your mercy endures forever. And we can stand here confident as sons and daughters of you and boldly declare that we are victorious. We're on the winning side. The battle's been fixed by the great fixer, our King Jesus. 
Lord God, I pray that you give people peace today. Give them peace with the people that they love. Give them peace with the people that they've served with. Give them peace with the people that they pray with. Let them know that it's always been you through them that they've been experiencing. It's always been you through them that they fell in love with. It's always been you through them that they got joy from. It's always been you through them. And the same God that worked through them is still working through you. Still working through people around them today. You'll fill any vessel you want with your purpose. You'll fill any vessel you want with your love. You'll fill any vessel you want with your joy. You didn't create us to be people dependent. You created us to be God dependent. We're God dependent. We lean on you. It says those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They will mount up on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. Those who wait on the Lord. We won't chase. We won't change. We won't dilute. We won't conform. No, none of that. We will speak boldly. Even if we have to speak it alone. Because you hear us. You see us. You know where we are. You know exactly what's going on. We're moving forward. The battle is still on.